This is Many Lamps in the Room, a podcast by and for New City Church in Vienna, Virginia. This week, kids and parents worshiping together in Sunday service. Before we get to that, however, we always like to start our podcast with a brief discussion about the catechism question from this Sunday's liturgy. This week, our our catechism question comes from the New City Catechism. Question 18. Will God allow our disobedience and idolatry to go unpunished? No. Every sin is against the sovereignty, holiness, and goodness of God, and against his righteous law. And God is righteously angry with our sins and will punish them in his just judgment, both in this life and in the life to come. You know, what's really funny is that, so with the kids, well, the second and third grade class, Eric has been using the New City Catechism songs. Mm. You can find them on YouTube. You can find them on Spotify. But yeah, Redeemer has produced these songs that accompany the catechism questions. Mm -hmm. And I've just been playing them for Elin at home. And they're just on. And then they're pretty catchy. So in my mind, I'm always like, hearing it and so when i whenever now like i see the catechisms and questions like these songs are playing in my mind so it works but this is, one is this song a heavy metal song i mean because this is fire and brimstone well, stuff here you know they have two different versions they have like child mode and then so usually it's a kid friendly version so it's not as in-depth as this one it's, oh, okay yeah it's simplified but this question is very it's very important because in many ways, when we sin, mm. there aren't immediate consequences mm. where you'll do something and it's not like God will rain down fire and brimstone. Right, right. Right? It's not At like... At that moment. Yeah, it's not like a, li- <laughs> like a lightning bolt strikes you. It's not like calamity falls. Earthquake. Right. Earth yeah. opens up and swallows um, all the... <laughs> yeah, or, you know, like the Job where the four winds collapse on your house. Exactly. And, yeah. So it's not like that. And so in this sense where it says, you know, will God allow disobedience and idolatry to go unpunished? Mm. And it seemingly is that case. When you are disobedient mm. or when you have idols in your life, mm. it doesn't seem like there is any consequence mm. to them. But this question is very straightforward, mm-hmm. right? Is that will you go unpunished? No. There will be discipline right and it says every sin against the sovereignty holiness and goodness of god and against his righteous law and god is righteously angry with our sins and will punish them in his just judgment both in this life and a life to come so you may not feel the effects but they will surely be dealt with Mm. and in many cases the judgment or the punishment that you receive is actually allowing you to continue in your disobedience and idolatry. Mm. Because ultimately that leads to your judgment and your separation from God, which is the ultimate punishment, so Mm. to speak. And it's kind of the case where you know you are loved and you know that you are cared for when your parents actually call you out Mm. because that provides correction, improvement, maturity, and growth. But when you allow someone to continue doing what they're doing, it harms them, right? So, you know, an example would be if, you know, someone that you cared about or loved was doing something that was harmful to themselves Mm. and you just allowed them to continue doing it. You never said a thing, Mm. you know, you, 
you can say like, oh, I'm just respecting their freedom and their ability to choose, but that allowing them to continue doing it is hurting themselves. Mm. So are you actually loving them by allowing them to hurt themselves versus saying something very difficult to them, possibly hurting your relationship with them, but ultimately trying to bring them back? Mm. So in this question, you know, yes, there will be a disciplinary act. There will be punishment for those who are disobedient and idolatrous. But that punishment may not be what you think it is now. And oftentimes, it may not come until later. For the parents out there, as you are raising your children, and you understand when God disciplines us, and we understand the disciplinary act is out of love so that it brings us back, And that should set a model for why we discipline our own children, Mm. right? Because you might let your children go. Mm. You know, they might do something. They might be disobedient. They might do things. And you're like, it's not that big of a deal. I just, I'll I'll let that go. To think twice about that because that doesn't set them up for success, right? It reinforces this negative behavior that they're doing. And it says, I can get away with it. Mm. And so... You know, thinking through, like, how can you bring them back? Mm -hmm. Because as they are disobedient and against you, you have to remember that sin is really a sin against God. Mm -hmm. And as parents, we we are to shepherd our children to God rather than away. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's important to clarify to kids that the consequence for any sin is, is death. And that in actuality, with Christ's, sacrifice for us that he in fact all of that consequence actually goes to christ Mm. and that we don't have to fear the wrath of god we don't have to fear death because when we hold on to the cross that that has already been taken care Mm. of but as you said that doesn't mean that god in his care would not use discipline consequence misfortune right. for our benefit that everything he he is he is not only concerned about our salvation mm-hmm. but also our sanctification yeah yeah we are justified mm. you know we are righteous but it is not a natural righteousness mm. meaning it's not something born out of us mm. but we are righteous because Christ's righteousness is given to us. Mm. And so we are justified because of Christ, yeah. not in ourselves, just because we have faith. It's not all of a sudden we are just made just and right. 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 And so it kind of, you know, it talks about we are sinners, but we are made righteous by the righteousness of, of Christ, meaning we are still capable of doing sin mm. and we can displease the Father. Mm. And then when we do that, he will correct us. He will discipline us. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of, as we're talking through it, it's that nuance of as Christians, we believe in our salvation. We believe in our justification yeah. and we believe all of that. And so we have a freedom to live, but it doesn't mean our father in heaven will not be displeased when we sin against him. Yeah, He will take action in order to bring us back. Yeah. I have faith that God will work through these often 
misdirected, misguided efforts on our part as parents. He'll continue to work through that and he'll work through our, our children's heart as we are faithfully bringing them into the service again and again, even if it makes us nervous or even if it makes us worry that we are confident in the Lord and His work. We should allow ourselves to have faith not only in God, not only in our kids, but also in our fellow congregants and other church members. I think early on, there I had high anxiety about, oh, how are people viewing this? My my son's just started coloring on one of the chairs. Is that, you know, um, how are they perceiving that? And I found over the years that people are actually very gracious and very understanding. Yeah. And they know that it's kind of a difficult thing that we're trying to accomplish here. And they have a measure of grace in that. I think Pastor Paul himself recognizes that. I think that's something that he has actually evolved in over the years a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he knows that kids are kids and they can be a little squirrely. And the parishioners around you also know, and the worshipers around you also know that, that they're worshiping in their own way and they're not quite there yet. And there's developmental things that they're going through and we're all trying our best, you know. If you can manage to ignore the yawn of the um, woman next to you, then hey, she can she can look another, you know, she can give a little wink to your kid if if he's gives burps during service, you know. <laughs> There's a lot more solidarity, yeah, than there is judgment. Yeah, I'm confident of that. Yeah, with our church, I've been there long enough to say that definitively. There's a lot more. I'm with you. Yeah. I understand. Been there, done that, or I'm currently in that. Yeah. And I th I think we could do better as parents to remind each other of that. Like, yeah. hey, I saw you today during service. Yeah. I I I know that look and I know I know you had a hard a hard Sunday. And I've I've been there and you're doing great. Yeah. You're doing great work. Yeah. Keep keep at it. Yeah. What can I do to help? How can I pray for you? Mm. We could we could be better with that. I think I think you're right. I think there's a lot of um, unnecessary pressure that we put on ourselves mm. because we're so worried about what other people think. Yeah. Like who says worship has to be silent? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, yes, when Pastor Paul is is preaching. Yes, when God's word is being spoken. Yes, when our elders are praying for us. There is again the heart of reverence that needs to be taught Yeah. that, okay, this is a time that we're putting down whatever we have in our hands or whatever we're distracted by and trying to focus our attention here. Mm. So yeah, there's a time when it may be, we have to be a little more quiet, but it is okay if your child makes noise, yeah. it is okay. And if we happen to like, reflexively just look over you know it's not a look of it's judgment it happens yeah. and it's okay something um, caught my attention yeah oh oh that was oh. that's cute <laughs> oh, yeah my kid did that before too yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm with you so yeah we we took vows as members yeah to help raise each other's children yeah and we should remember this every sunday 
when we are having a hard time, we can look around and know that our brothers and sisters are with us in this. We're not alone and we are not the only ones with loud children or disruptive children. I'll tell you, there there have been times when I'm sitting next to kids that are maybe a little, you know, on on the edge of raucousness <laughs> for a for a church service that they've helped keep me awake. <laughs> they've helped me, you know, maybe I haven't had my, you know, third cup of coffee that day and 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 I needed a little bit of just a little, a little extra stimulation there <laughs> every now and then. Caffeine 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 boost on the yeah. seat beside you. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So let's talk a little bit about some practicalities. What are some of the tactics or strategies that you've developed over the years? So, well, understanding that our church currently, the setup for worship is is hard and, the, you know, it's a tight space. Yeah. And, and we recognize that it's just kind of hard and it feels like we're all like kind of on top of each other. And, yeah. Yeah. It's temporary. Right. So we understand that maybe the facility is like a little bit difficult, but we can still work through that. A couple of things that our family does to help with Sunday is, you know, we've we've all heard this, but starting on Saturday to help prep for mm-hmm. Sunday. And for us, that looks like Saturday nights are rarely a late night for us. Mm-hmm. We try to have a good amount of sleep for all of us. I mean, we're typically not a very late family to start with. We all go to bed fairly early, but Especially on Saturday nights, we try to make sure the kids get enough sleep. We make sure that things are ready for the next day. Mm. You know, if you do this for school throughout the week, it's kind of in the same vein. It's making sure that the clothes are ready for the next day. I have one child that is very, very particular about the things that she wears. And we've had some tough moments (laughs) over... Sunday morning dress. Yeah. I came from a background where you dressed up a a good bit for church. Yeah. So I'm coming from that background. John did not. (laughs) So (laughs) we've kind of come together and decided that for us and for our family, we do recognize that Sunday worship is set apart as something different than throughout the week. Mm. And that with our dress, maybe we're going to be a little bit... We're going to put a little bit more thought. We're going to be a little more careful as to how we dress ourselves for worship. With this child that's very particular about the way things look and feel, I mean, she has real high sensory needs. It's taken me many years, unfortunately, to recognize this and Mm -hmm. to work with her well on this. And she's the child that we, I take her to a store every season and we make sure she has two outfits that are comfortable for her yeah and it's not they're like her sunday uniform she likes them Mm -hmm. and she's happy to put them on yeah and i'm happy too (laughs) and we have to be very careful with her i have other children that they don't care they don't care what they wear but you know think that's that's one example of thinking about your child, each child specifically, yeah. in preparation for Sunday. That's such a good point because, you know, sometimes you will have an awful time of it. <laughs> you will be really, yeah. like, frustrated that Sunday service kind of went the way it has. And it's and it's worth, you know, sort of evaluating that mm-hmm. and thinking it through with 
your spouse and maybe even with your kids and and sort of trying to figure out over time what exactly it was that are making these little differences. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it might be just the scratchiness of the clothes. It, yeah. it might have to do with, you know, certain sensory things that they're that they're sensitive about. It might have to do with whether you're late or whether you're early mm-hmm. to yeah. to service. Yeah. It might have to do with social interactions, mm-hmm. whether they felt pressured to be social in a certain way or whether they are having a difficult time with a with a certain person at church you know sure. it could it could be a number of things but and there won't be universal principles to apply to all of them but if we sort of like try to pinpoint and target and kind of iteratively mm-hmm. improve on them yeah. yeah yeah we also prepare our church bag so we have one bag that we bring on sunday mornings we have a little notebook for each girl. Uh-huh. And when they were younger, and still, I guess two of them still are doing this. You know, the notebooks that have lines for writing on the bottom and an open space on the top for drawing? Mm. That worked really well for our girls. Now, mm. we're, we've got three girls that love writing and love drawing. So that may not be great for your kid. But for our kids, this has worked really well. And we have some really great and funny and sweet memories to look back on with their journaling. <laughs> so we make sure that we have their notebooks and usually one pen or pencil for us that that's that's something that helps us is not having too many things mm. in the bag mm-hmm. you know not too many different things for the kid to just keep pulling out and keep pulling out i think that can become a distraction as well oh. and a distraction for you too when you're like oh, okay yeah okay get this out get this out get this out i mean if that happens to work best for your family great but for us it's helpful if they just they know they have their notebook and their pen and pencil and that's it when they're done with that mm-hmm. they can close it up and put it down mm-hmm. watch joanna one Sunday, she'll be done about five minutes into the sermon. And she closes it up and she puts it away. Yeah. And you know, that'll get, she'll do more over time. Yeah. John is really great about this. He has been looking at the sermon outline beforehand oh. that Pastor Paul sends to the FG leaders. Yeah. And the FG leaders usually send it out before Sunday. And he'll look over that and Make some fill in the blanks for mm. the kids to fill in. Wow, that's next level. That's great. Is, yes, that's all him. He used to <laughs> during COVID. He would make these really great drawings and for like for the girls to take on Sunday for them to fill in the blank too. So he, you know, know where your strengths lie, and sure. you know that's John. That's his thing. He's yeah. really good about that. So oh, that's wonderful. So those are the things that we try to prepare. Yeah. For ahead of time, knowing that we prepare for other things in the same way. But on Sundays, we want our girls to know that this is a very special time. And so we're going to prepare for that. We do like to listen to the Spotify playlist as well, the New City weekly rotation. We usually just get to listening to it on the way to church. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we're or like listening to it all week long, but that is helpful to mm. kind of reorient our hearts. And so the the songs are fresh for the girls mm-hmm. when we come to church. I think one of the things that John and I, we didn't used to sit in the front. <laughs> we used to sit more towards the back. Yeah. And that I think both of us preferred that. But we found that 
sitting towards the front actually helps out a little bit. Oh, that really? can sound really scary to yeah. a lot of people. But I think that we have found that there's less distraction for the kids and they can mm. actually like see more There's less of... people to look at. Yeah. Which, <laughs> oops, goes back to what I was saying earlier. I want them to look at people. But there's there's a lot, you know, going on up front that yeah. we do want them to see yeah. and to know. Like there's times that we even like we pick Joanna up so, so she can oh, yeah. see. Otherwise, she's seeing people's shoulders, you know. <laughs> she can't see anything. So there's something about sitting a little closer yeah. so that they have a better experience of what's going on yeah. in worship. Yeah. That could be very controversial, but <laughs> it works for us. <laughs> Our Sky Zone trip is this Saturday at 10 o'clock. If you haven't registered, if you didn't sign up, you can still come out. You won't, uh, you just have to pay, you know, separately because I've already did uh, the group rate for everyone that signed up before. But it's not too late. You can come out, still fellowship, hang out. It would be great. So it's the Sky Zone in Springfield, 10 o'clock. We reserve to 1130. And then that following week, we have respite night on March 17th, Friday, 6 to 9 o'clock. We're going to be learning about Cornelius. And then the other announcements leading up to our Easter service will be practicing for an Easter song. So if you're interested or if, you're, if your children are interested, you can sign them up and we'll be practicing after the second service, basically the last two weeks of March and the first week of April, mm -hmm. and then on Easter, we'll be presenting that during second service. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested, parents, then sign your kids up with me or just email me and I can put them on the list. And then the last thing is, oh, actually, there's two more, sorry. And then April 14th, the kids will be going to laser tag. Mm. And it's one of the most popular things that we do. <laughs> so the sign up is on the newsletter or again, email me and I can send you the sign up for that. We just need numbers first so that we can make a reservation. So let me know. The signups for that will end on March 24th. And the last announcement is starting in April. So the first Sunday in April, which is April 2nd, we'll be offering a Sunday school class for kinders all the way to fifth. So children's ministry kids for the first time. So we're doing first service and second service. Oh, wow. um, so it's kind of a... I don't know. In I guess in our church history as New City, yeah. this is the first time we've actually offered Sunday school in both services. Mm -hmm. This is kind of, I think, what we were hoping to do eventually anyways. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of reached a point where it was very necessary. So it's going to be offered, again, 9 a.m. at the 9 a.m. service. It will be in the third floor conference room. And it's only going to be one class. So mm -hmm. uh, everyone from K through Fifth will be there and we'll try to differentiate in the classroom and kind of work with groups but as that group grows we do have plans to split the class eventually if it gets big enough and we if we don't have the space yet which kind of looks like we may not have it for at least maybe not until next year then you know we have plans to work with with the space that we have hmm. but initially though we're just going to meet in one space one class one drop off, one pickup. So very simple. Mm. If you have, again, any questions, just let me know. Wow. You know, we started, we started with each of our kids in satellite seating, sort of off to the side. 
especially if they were going through a phase where they were throwing a lot of tantrums and they it sort of felt like we needed we were walking a little bit on on eggshells mm. to see what sort of surprise that they would throw at us during service but once we felt like they were getting a handle on the routine we gradually moved them in from the back row yes. sort of moving them Closer to the front. Yeah, yes. And yeah, you're right. It does kind of help that sometimes we actually sit right at the front row. Mm. And that's always a little bit terrifying because I know that Edgar sometimes has a habit of rolling around on the floor in front of us, which <laughs> is not the greatest look. But, you know, knowing Who knows that... what he's absorbing as he's rolling around? Some and you kids know... really do absorb more yeah. when you think they're distracted. I have a child yeah. that's like that. That when we read aloud to her, yeah, she's moving so much. <laughs> she's moving a lot, and it can be okay. But she is absorbing it. She's yeah. getting it. She's hearing it. And even if she isn't, you know, I like I have I've seen kids actually read another book mm-hmm. yeah. during the sermon, and I'm like, you're here. Mm. You know, you've at least agreed to be <laughs> to be present during this time. That's fine. I look over at my at my oldest son, and you know he doesn't necessarily look like he has a posture of reverence all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I I mean, my oldest is a very dutiful child, and the other day we read a passage. It was the the sermon passage, and she usually takes notes, but this time she just she did something completely different. She just recapped in her own words. Hmm. The, the 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 actual passage so yeah. she wasn't actually listening to the sermon at all yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we i was like how how do i approach this because oh it's great she's recapping yeah scripture yeah she also wasn't even paying attention at all and i know she, i know she can <laughs> so it's like you can talk about both say hey that's great yeah but you also i i know you can listen to the mm-hmm. sermon and and you know i think the, what was going on there yeah you know just to have a conversation about it. There was, at one point, my kids were saying to me, you know, the last time you preached, you said 25 ahs during, <laughs> and I was like, ah. so that's what you were paying attention to, well, that's what you were yeah. doing. And I yeah. was like, but you know what? Part of the beauty, actually, of this kind of approach, though, is that it's quantity over quality, and and if they are in service every single week Mm -hmm. and this is just normative that they are in there and they are exposed to it even if they're not like a hundred percent for those for some of those weeks for any number of those weeks Mm -hmm. over time you i think this is not scientific but it is faithful i think Mm -hmm. to believe that god is going to use our poor efforts and take our mustard seeds and and do something with them that we ourselves can't imagine so yeah yeah i i i just find myself catching myself often (laughs) having to remind myself again that it goes back to the heart i had to take joanna to the bathroom one sunday and when we came out she glanced over at the kitchen where the food is Mm. and she saw a croissant Mm. And the way to Joanna's heart is through pastries. So we're walking back and she looks up at me with these eyes just just twinkling. Did you see? Did you see the croissant? 
oh, I can't wait for after church. I can't wait. We're literally walking back into church. I can't wait for for after church. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. Can you please repeat that a little louder? Yeah. So I, you know, I did talk to her about her. Okay, we're here during the worship service. And I was so, you know, oh, she's getting distracted. Oh, you know, this is what's going through my mind, right? So fast forward to driving home mm. that Sunday. Mm. And we're listening to the Spotify playlist again. And you remember when Pastor David got up and said, I want this song to play at my funeral. She heard that song and she said, this is Pastor David's favorite song. We're like, what? She is listening. They do listen. They are absorbing little things here and there. And they add up. Yeah. They really and they create memories and it's a good reminder that she is unaware of many things mm. happening during the service, but she's only four. Yeah. That's okay. But she's <laughs> hearing some really important stuff and they're the planting the little seeds and it's gonna grow. Yeah. I have faith in that. I have faith that God will work through these often misdirected misguided efforts on our part as parents he'll continue to work through that and he'll work through our our children's heart as we are faithfully bringing them into the service Mm. again and again even if it makes us nervous or even if it makes us worry that we are confident in the lord and his work and what he can do yeah one thing I would ask you, Tom. Yeah. What do you consider a distraction? When do you think it's appropriate to mm. take a child out? Mm-hmm. We try to sit next to the aisles. Yeah. <laughs> That's. A, I think parents are keen to like know where all the exits are and, yes. <laughs> and be able to yes. make a quick getaway if if need be. So spills, mm-hmm. uh, emergency potty potty emergencies. Very loud shrieks, cries, tantrums that might come unbidden or unexpected. Those are all generally times for a quick snatch. And uh, excuse me, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta make an exit here. Yes. 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 <laughs> and that's fine. And everybody understands that. That's fine. And occasionally, as you mentioned before, there are moments when you might feel like they need some action of discipline or lecture or something where yeah. you need to address i see where this this behavior is trending mm-hmm. i know where you're going with this yeah. i think we need to talk about this before it continues so that happens i think if those things are are caught early and consistently the kids tend to get the message and, and kind of figure out the boundaries or not but you know hopefully they do <laughs> i i myself am fairly comfortable with a certain latitude of and and I'm and I hope that the people around me are also gracious enough to be comfortable with a certain latitude of of distraction mm-hmm. so I'm like with your kids I let my kids doodle and play tic-tac-toe with each other color on the ground Edgar is a very touchy child he's mm-hmm. he's someone who craves touch mm-hmm. Um, and so he will often rock on my lap and then decide that's not enough and switch to a different parent or 
you know, try to try to see if he can turn me into a recliner of some sort. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think, again, you squeeze and you try to gently communicate to, to him. I, I try to communicate to him, hey, this is enough. Or, you know, with a touch of the shoulder, a little bit of redirection. It helps if you have, as you said, sort of a go-to bag where you have like an activity or a book or a snack mm -hmm. that can be a backup if you feel like the distractions are getting too much. But in general, I feel like if they're there, that's a big win. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I keep my standards pretty low. For us, we... we... Try to pay attention to when we have one child that, like I said, very hard to be still. There's a difference between, I think, just needing to move a little bit, like yeah. needing to move. Yeah. Um, I'm having a hard time yeah. versus, and nobody can see me right now, but like, like You're eyes rolling, like, yeah. ugh, like <laughs> I am with my body. Yeah. I am showing. Yeah. I just don't want to be like i am showing everybody letting everybody know that yeah. i am bored yeah or and there's a i think there's a difference like yeah. and we at least we can tell with our child we need to we need to take a little moment to say hey do you recognize what's going on here mm. what are you feeling and we are strategic about a parent sitting next to the child that might be having a harder time. yeah and and sometimes you know i I think my parameters might be slightly different. It would be different if it was Elijah, mm, my oldest. Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. he did, if he started doing that, then well, you know what? Even with him, I think, I think probably the conversation would come afterwards. Yeah. Where after, you know, on the drive back, I might have a conversation with that kid and say, "Look, I noticed that you weren't really into service, and I'm seeing you do these kinds of behaviors, and I really don't think that's yeah. very reverent. And mm -hmm. and to me, that's offensive to me personally yeah. that you're treating a holy time like that. And uh, you need to get it together sort of thing. During service, I'd probably, you know, be willing to look the other way mm -hmm. unless I really felt like it was distracting to the other people around yeah. me if it was, yeah. if, if it was affecting their quality of worship. Sometimes all you need actually to do is to give them a walk around or a water break or even a snack break or something like that. They're kids. They're humans. Mm -hmm. They have bodies. No, it's a good point that those conversations don't have to happen immediately. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they do. Sometimes, yeah, you know, right. it's a it's a judgment call. Right. Yeah. Right. No concrete tips here. Just, you know. Yeah. Take things. it, take it as you see. <laughs> things we've dealt with. Yeah, just take what we say and use it if you want. Don't use it if you don't. Your want to. kids are your kids. <laughs> yes. You know them way better than we do. And solidarity. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I myself am so encouraged by the progress I see in a lot of these kids. As just like a regular worshipper in the service. It's so encouraging, actually, to see kids themselves. You can see the transformation that they go through over time in their own worship. I wish I went through that kind of transformation in my own worship, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. It can think of it as, think about the future hindsight. Think about how you will look back. Oh, yeah. And you will say to yourself, oh, you know. I wish I had not been so harsh. Yeah. I wish I had not. Think about that now 
that you know you could have that thought in the future mm. to help reframe your mind mm. now. Remind yourself, my future self would probably look back and say, don't be so harsh. Mm-hmm. Don't be so critical. It's slow work. It's slow yeah. work. And oftentimes I would say the best way to communicate to your kids that worship matters is not in enforcing a certain decorum. It is in actually demonstrating to them how much worship matters to you. If you're into the music, right? If you're humming the songs, if you're taking notes, you know, if you're like discussing as a family afterwards, oh my gosh, did you catch that point? Or how did, how funny was that story about, you know, so on and so forth. And they see that it mattered to you, they will eventually catch on that. Oh man, this is, this is a worthwhile thing. This is something that matters. Yes. Yeah. A friend of mine was saying that she was really frustrated and disappointed with the reading program at her son's school. They don't do a phonics-based approach, and she feels like he's really not, he's really falling behind in being able to read and enjoying reading. And it turns out that I'm right now in the midst of trying to teach Edgar how to read, and I'm looking for different things things that I can use with him and using some of my old tricks, some of, some of the old curriculum that I that I used in the past. But also, it turns out that Duolingo has put out an app for reading, literacy, and comprehension that's actually pretty good. And comprehension. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty good. So it helps with decoding. It's a phonics-based approach. It's not completely lockstep with the normal curriculum that I use with Edgar, but... It's close enough in, as a re- reinforcement, and he's much more excited about turning on the iPad and going through the Duo app than he is like sitting down with a worksheet with me. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we kind of made it an, an early morning ritual where we sit down together and, and go through a block of lessons on the, on the Duo app. And, you know, they're, they're very slow. They're very incremental. They, they do... Little bits at a time, raindrops of, of exposure to things. But I feel like it's it's making a positive impact and helping him along in this journey. He's not Elijah practically taught himself how to read, and Evangeline was frustrating. But at one point, something clicked, and Edgar I think is probably the most resistant, actually, hmm. like actively resistant. Hmm to learning how to read. Yeah. And I know that eventually he will, but at for the time being, this app has been helpful. It's called Learn to Read Duolingo ABC. Okay. Yeah. Now, I my plan was just to get my older children to teach <laughs> Joanna how to read. Is that not going to work for me? No, that's, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> it might take a while, a little while. Right, you just kind of train the older ones and then they just... <laughs> train the little ones right that's how it goes i'm a big believer in in daily read alouds yeah and having them just exposed to language and the richness of language but i'm also a really big believer in 
systematic phonics instruction. Mm-hmm. The research really bears it yeah. out. So yeah. Yeah. A little bit of both. Okay. Helps. All right. Okay. <laughs> I have to teach you the third one. Okay. Okay. We pray our discussion was edifying to you, and we'd love to hear any feedback. Mark's email is mark at newcityva.org. Stephen Price provided the music, and you can find more of it at almadogma.bandcamp.com. That's A-L-M-A-D-O-G-M-A dot bandcamp.com. We're recording on equipment generously donated by Sonny Kim, and you can find out more about our church at newcityva.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, watch those windows.